Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marchessault, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, we've got an out-of-town scoreboard to keep track of. Working our way to the start of the National Hockey League season with the Global Talent Challenge. Uh, the Nashville Predators upended Bern today, 4-3. to three. Roman Yossi with two goals, including the winner. On his uh, on his home turf, that's that's pretty cool for everybody uh, the Europeans to be able to play mm-hmm. uh, in a National Hockey League environment, uh, going out there, and uh, they will face the San Jose Sharks in the opening of the season in Prague. But mm-hmm. uh, today, the National Predators tuning up against uh, Sports Club Bern. Such a cool name, I Sports love it. Club Bern. Yeah, t- different. It's like the the football clubs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm all about it. I, you know, the 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 beauty of of this is you get to see the the kit for SC Bern uh, versus the the Nashville Predators uh, setup. And you know, again, like everyone that's that's kind of up in arms about the the one sponsorship patch on the on the NHL jerseys. Like, just chill out for a moment chill out for a moment they're they're tastefully done they're they're well done um and uh it's just it's funny to see kind of two different worlds of hockey collide in one picture it's it's striking and and awesome and interesting all at the same time so when you look at a european sweater Uh or a player that's uh, a picture of a player skating up the ice are you looking at the advertising are you looking at the puck? I'm distracted by the advertising. Are you? Yeah. I bit. guess I'm just yeah, used to it. But, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm, I'm distracted by it. Like I, I, There's so many colors on SC Burns' jersey that I, I, I'm, I'm distracted by it, Yeah, frankly. Hmm. I'm, I'm the guy that just looks for the puck. But sometimes the goalies <laughs> can have uh, some, some weird setups. Uh, we've got uh, other action uh, taking place. We'll get into some of that. Uh, news and notes uh, from the NHL with one-timers in just a little bit. But the Vegas Golden Knights were back on the ice this afternoon. A late practice because the team was up in Montana for a couple of days of team building. Mm. And today's workout was on the longer side of what we'd see in the National Hockey League operated by Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, they they had uh some good pace obviously and and we're we're looking at just uh just uh, about over an hour in terms of the practice, but uh, a lot of a lot of really good work put in today from the Vegas Golden Knights. You could tell that there was uh, a focus on just kind of getting some skating in um and and kind of Honing in on on some of the things, I think breakouts were were emphasized here from from Vegas and Bruce Cassidy early on in this uh, in this practice today, and you know, kind of given the the trouble that that Vegas had on Friday, and not not at any point am I going to overreact to a preseason game. It's just not in my nature to do so. But or talk about back checking or talk. Well, I, I talk about back checking all the time. Um, the the fact of the matter is, I think that there are things that you learn over the course of a preseason and, and emphasis uh, areas of emphasis. And, you know, today, I thought the Golden Knights got to work right back into it, and uh, you, you need all those days of practice that you can get. First time that we've had a chance to talk to and hear from Bruce Cassidy since the roster was trimmed as well. So let's go downstairs to the media room and join the Vegas Golden Knights head coach. 
Well, guy, guy's been off for a couple of days. I think they, you know, they get off a plane, so the legs are probably a little rubbery, but they, we need to skate. Let's put it that way. Still training camp. I know you've been asked a lot about Paul Connor throughout training camp, but as we're getting closer to 3-9, where, where do things stand with him, and, and what has impressed you daily about him? Has he been a consistent player you've been looking for? Yeah, I think where things stand is right now, He's done a real good job to do the things he needs to do to crack the lineup, right? So now you got Will Carrier that didn't skate again today, so we have to determine where he's going to be in a week from now. And he's a left winger, so if he's out, someone's got to take his place. And I think Paul's done a, a good job, whether Will's been in there or not, um, of A, giving us some abrasiveness, B, uh, managing pucks well, good discipline, physicality, and he's added some offense. So really, it's his, his all-around game in different areas has been solid. And I don't know Paul other than what I heard in the past, and some of the consistency things may have been an issue. That happens with young guys. I don't know. But so far, that has not been the case. He's been himself every night. Um, and when we've walked away from every game, we've he's he's been good, if not better than good for us. So, I mean... Yeah, I would say so. If you're looking for younger guys trying to push up, he'd definitely be at the top of the list. Well, he wasn't on today. I don't anticipate he'll join us um, until at earliest later in the week. So that's at earliest. So I don't think he's going to play exhibition games right now, but that could change in the next few days. There's three this week. We were hoping to get him in. Um, I'll give you a better update as we go into each game, but he definitely won't play tomorrow. Just what is it like having kind of close to your game? Well, it's better now that you, and that's no disrespect for the guys who was here. It's just training camp. I got to get a look at, that's how the Paul Cotters of the world materialize. They get a, a little bit of a longer look and push their way in. So I think some of the young guys that went down, you know, played well too. It's just, there's only so much, so many spots, and and the guys we've kept have been there and done it longer. Uh, they're a little bit ahead, and that's why they're still here. So, but to get down to one group and drill down with, you know, consistency and lines and D pairs and who you're playing against, even the competing against one another, um, can help players get ready, as opposed to maybe American League guys that are still learning or maybe a little bit junior guys that might be in awe. Uh, different reasons for it. So that's what this week will be used for. We got three games, so guys won't play in every one, I don't think. Um, I shouldn't I, I shouldn't say that. The, I'll use the veteran guys. will certainly not play in every one. Some of the younger guys may. Listening to Bruce Cassidy uh, talking after practice today at City National Arena. Well, I've always felt the guys that scored at lower levels can have an opportunity to do that. Given the opportunity, you, you can find out. Uh, the guys that didn't score at the young level, younger levels, I find, is always more difficult as they go along. And I know that sounds like the obvious, but he did score in junior and a little bit in the American League. So this is a guy that has scored. So given the opportunity, can he, can he continue to score and stay consistent with it? So 
He got the opportunity last year. Now that we're a little more healthy, Mark's going to be in the lineup, we hope, every every night. He he's looks great in terms of his health. He's just got to get the timing back. So that pushes him down a little bit. Some of the other guys, we hope they'll stay healthy. That might limit his opportunities. Now he has to outplay those guys. So that's what's in store for, for Ammo. Uh, you need guys to step up when, when their opportunity does present itself. I mean, teams don't typically win without some level of depth. So um, where he fits in exactly, I, I don't know yet till, till we see how the younger guys, you know, shape, shape, shake out compared to him and what's the best for the team. So and that's still be determined this week. No, there's some evaluation. I, I, you know, one of the things is we've seen Phil and Jack have some good chemistry. Phil's a right winger. Mark Stone's a right winger. Well, if we use Marsh on the right winger, now we've got three guys that are, you know, that can be high-end right wingers. Is that better than moving Marshy over now that playing the left wing to, to strengthen a line or, or working in pairs? So there's still some of that to be determined. Um, we know Coley's going to anchor the, you know, that the line with Wa, and, and we were hoping Will. We'll see uh, how his health plays out. So uh, there's still a little bit of, of that that, you know, to, to, to be determined on the left side. Losing Dadnoff and Pacioretty, we knew there would be some experimenting or different guys getting a look. Uh, we've seen Paul Cotter, you know, take a step and could fill one of those spots. And maybe Marshy slides over to his off wing and then we go from there. Are you uh, that to me is, uh, I think there's advantages on the walls, taking the puck on your forehand. I mean, I'm going to date myself here, but I thought Steve Larmer was one of the best guys I've ever seen playing his offside his whole career back when really the only the Europeans really played their offside. Um, so I think there's advantages for one-timers, obviously, coming through the uh, offensive zone. The disadvantages, you're taking passes on your backhand in the neutral zone. I think with the curves of the sticks now, that becomes a challenge. So it's 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 a little bit of both, uh, and it comes down to the player. Are they comfortable over there? He is. Him and Riley, I think, have flipped their whole careers. So those guys are, I think, would be fine. For, for me, it's it's right now with Marshy. Just get your pace up. Get back to game habits. Pace, pace. I don't care what side he's on. If he's skating and competing, and, and he's an elite player in this league. Uh, not much to report. He's skating in the mornings with Sean Burke, but has not been cleared to join the group. That was a question about Laurent Brassois, uh, who has uh, not been out there during the course of training camp, uh, recovering from off-season surgery. But uh, great news that he's on the ice mm -hmm. and he's going through some uh, of the rehab process beyond just the gym. Like we've got some some pads on, and we're, we're working on the goaltending side of it uh, with Sean Burke. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great update for you know Laurent Brossois and for the Vegas Golden Knights. You, you want to be progressing and, and getting closer and closer. The fact that he's able to skate is uh, a milestone that you're going to check off, and then obviously you're you're hopeful that shortly or soon you you have Laurent Brossois able to and cleared to join practice. Uh, whether or not that happens before the end of training camp, time will tell. But it's at least positive uh, updates for, for Loren Brossois and the Golden Knights. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault right now playing on the left side with mm -hmm. Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And he is a, a right-handed shot, mm -hmm. so playing on his offside. A little bit more, a uh, 
leeway there uh, out of Bruce Cassidy about uh, being open to moving some some of the uh, personnel around among these top nine? You know, it, it's interesting because, again, like as currently constructed, when you look at the Golden Knights, I, I, again, Eichel, Kessel, there's chemistry there. I like the idea of putting Riley Smith on that line. And then you've got Marcia, so Stevenson and Stone, which I think can be a really solid line as well. But the idea that Bruce Cassidy is is looking at that as maybe solidifying a line, whereas you can move Marcia so into different spots on in different positions within the lineup in order to maybe get pairs. Like if you are able to, if the Golden Knights are able to construct a lineup where you've got, say, William Carlson and Jonathan Marcia so in a third line setting which is possible based on kind of what we just heard from Bruce Cassidy, that's legitimate depth there. Whether or not it happens, it remains to be seen, and I still kind of get the, the sense that the top six for the Golden Knights is, is mostly set outside of you know anything else that kind of jumps out of it. Can I throw something at you? Yeah, go for it. All right. So Marcia Sozon is off wing yeah. on the left side, mm-hmm. right-handed shot. Riley Smith is on his off wing, mm-hmm. shoots left. Uh, playing the right side. Would you be against flipping those two, putting them on their natural wing? It sounds simple, mm-hmm. except with if you put Marceau with Eichel and Kessel, uh, that's a hugely offensive line. Mm-hmm. And we, we like the idea of Smith being there mm-hmm. uh, as a bit of a like safety guy. Yeah, And, and I don't know whether... That's unfair to, to Riley to, to call him the safety guy because he's got uh, offensive skills. Yeah. But that's sort of uh, the way that we've uh, structured it so mm-hmm. far. And and uh, and we know that Marceau is, with Stevenson and Stone, is the shooter that those two guys that generally set set up the guy, uh, shooter, feed the puck to him. Uh, that fits fits well uh, also. So uh, there's, there's a bit of... Uh, does it really fit as opposed to <laughs> physically it would make sense if you just flipped them? Yeah, I, I wouldn't because I I prefer the look of Smith with Eichel and Kessel. Like Again, you put Marchessault on that line, you put him with, with Eichel and Kessel, I, I think that that has the potential to put the puck in the back of the net a lot. That would be a fun line, um, but I... I still think at some point, and you know, back-checking jokes aside, like that line's going to have to be responsible defensively. And I think Riley Smith gives you that just as a blanket statement, right? Like we know how good Riley is in all three zones. We know how well he can track back. We know what Riley's impacts are in terms of the game when it comes to defensive hockey. Um, and I like Jonathan Marchessault's defensive game. I, I don't think that it's it's like – this this massive massive drop off. I just trust the responsibility of Riley Smith a little bit more. And then if you want to talk about who's the shooter, you throw Jonathan Marchessault on that line. All of a sudden, you've got three guys that really really like to shoot the puck. Yeah, I don't know whether there's enough puck, and that's the old line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's not enough puck to go around with those three yeah. guys. But but the the perhaps the best way to, to phrase it is. Uh, do you want the puck in Jack Eichel's stick more often than not? Mm-hmm. Well, if if you're taking that away, then that limits Jack Eichel a little right. bit. And then you've got Phil Kessel and Jack Eichel. Uh, that that limits them a little bit. Uh, on uh, 
to, to the uh, compliment of Jonathan Marcheseau is I want the puck on his stick mm-hmm. when he's playing on, on whatever line it is a lot because he's led this team in goals a, a couple of years in the first five years. Uh, so do you do you water it down too much by putting him with Eichel and Kessel and not and 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 take away uh, the the ability to use Marshall to his maximum? Yeah, I mean, I think you can make that argument, but then at, at the same time. Do, do you want the puck on Jonathan Marcheseau's stick more often than not? I, I would argue yes. Yes. So, But where, if we put where, it with Eichel, then that, that's not going to be the well, case. Well, it's not going to be the case, but is it going to be the case as currently constructed now with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone? I, I think you can make the argument, right, that Mark Stone with the puck on his stick, it, that's where you kind of want to funnel your offense through if you're that line. So, but it eventually does get to Marshall's. That, that's sure, the idea. Sure. With, with him playing with, with Stevenson and Stone yeah. is – is the puck does end up see, the, the, the not, way not. the way that I the way that I view this the way that I see the top six right now for the Golden Knights I, I like how it's constructed I like the idea of Marcheseau and his finishing ability alongside the speed of Chandler Stevenson and the playmaking of Mark Stone I, I think that as a as a constructed line it makes sense it should work we've only gotten to see it for a period yeah. though and, and that's the thing like. As far as evaluations go, as far as kind of understanding what you're going to get out of that line, I think we need to see more of it. And I would, I would hope, over the final three games, we'll get to see that, and we'll get to see it for a full game, and not have it it, it trickle down or, or change during the course of the game. And then, if you do go the other way, if Marcheseau is moved off that second mm-hmm. line and is back with William Carlson, he would slide over, I'm sure, to the to the right side. Right, Amadio is there uh, right now. Uh, Howden plays left, so uh, a few different pieces to work. But you're right; like if uh, if you ever put Marcheseau with Carlson. Then I, I I really don't think that I could come around to calling him a third line. Exactly. Uh, you'd you'd have that Eichel Kessel Smith mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. subsequent uh, two second lines. It, and you know it kind of goes back to um, you know where the, where the Golden Knights were in year one. I don't know that you you know the way that. Carlson, Marcheseau, and Smith played that year together. It's certainly a top line, but you know you kind of go through how that lineup was constructed, and and there were, you know, legitimate depth everywhere in terms of the lineup, and you had really strong matchups everywhere you looked. If you ended up at a point, and, and again, reading kind of the the tea leaves of what Bruce Cassidy was saying in terms of I can move and mix and match and 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 put some guys in different spots. If it came to be that you had a duo of Carlson and Marcheseau a little bit further down the lineup, teams will have a hard time matching up against that. Okay, what are your duos right now? It's, well, so it's, Eichel, it's and Eichel and Kessel. Yeah, Stevenson, Stevenson and Stone. Stone. Carlson to me is is without without a second. Right, right, because like it could work without it. It could work with a Matthew. He, he doesn't have a Robin. But there's there's no tried and true combination that comes front of mind the the fourth line is carrier and colasar mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that that's your duo even though they're they're wingers sure so the it's 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 funny that that third line right now i'm looking for a little bit of chemistry there but the the, the question then becomes if if that were the direction you end up going and you put marcia alongside william carlson in that spot who who plays with Stevenson and Stone? 
Uh, I would think Howden. Yeah. But that's just... Uh, Howden slides up. Yeah, Matty comes over, to, over. Uh, to his uh, or Paul other side. Cotter works himself into that spot. That's uh, a great example. If if Cotter comes in, he plays the left side mm-hmm. there. Uh, then you've got uh, then you've got some stuff that you can work with at least from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. it's it's a little easier yeah. to to get your head around. Uh, lo- great stuff uh, from head coach uh, Bruce Cassidy. I love this part of uh, our show so being fun. able to 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 pie in the sky and and work things around and and be that uh armchair uh general manager armchair coach uh being able to uh, just a preview and see what would you do when we continue news notes from around the national hockey league one timers will deal with a major injury for the ottawa senators that will disrupt that organization for the first two months of the season uh developing story there uh, plus uh, a lot of other things uh, coming together in this uh, final week of training camp maybe a two-on-one petrangelo gets it he shoots he scores it's time for one-timers one-timers short-handed goal alex petrangelo quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the vgk insiders show Get to this developing story in Ottawa with the Senators and their goaltending in just a little bit. Uh, But before we do that, I've got a four-pack of tickets to give away to tomorrow night's game between the Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes. Call 702-876-1340. How many lines do you have that light up, Chapman? I have four lines that light up. All right. I'm going to take caller number one, but I want the third line. All right, so from top to bottom, the <laughs> third one that's lighting up. So I'm going to take caller number one, but it's on the third light. Deal? Sounds good to me. All right, seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. We'll give you four tickets. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to work it in Mike's favor. I'm, I'm trying to set him up because he was giving me the gears the other day yeah. about uh, not uh, not winning tickets. Here is the situation with Ottawa. Cam Talbot who was uh, acquired for the Senators, and he's their number one goaltender, Mm -hmm. is going to be out five to seven weeks. Mm -mm. Not good. This is the situation with him. Uh, Hurt himself the other day. Okay. And now it sounds like, and he tried to grind his way through it, but he's believed to have suffered a fractured rib. So it, it may be... It depends on how bad the fracture is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Conservatively, they're saying five to seven weeks. It may be three to four. But I don't know how he ever grinded his way through that. Why Why? Why even try to grind your way through it? It's, well, you might think it's just a sore muscle, or uh, you might think it's just a, I don't know, I mean, just imaging, a bruise. Imaging exists, yeah. right? Like, just... just Maybe Double. he's not complaining. Maybe he's not telling the Maybe things just a no, little bit maybe, of a bruise. You're you're right. Maybe not. I, I mean, this this isn't this wouldn't be the first time that a hockey player would get injured and and maybe not talk about it or not bring it up. And and I understand you know Cam, maybe being in a new situation and wanting to not miss any time, not miss training camp, not you know miss out on on these these tune ups to get himself ready for the regular season. But I I just. I don't understand if if you're talking about a fractured rib. I mean, if you've ever been injured in that area of the body, or you've ever had any issues with your ribs before, it's a different kind of pain. So, 
It's excruciating. I don't understand how he tried to grind through that. Yeah. That sounds miserable. So the follow-up from this is the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, need a goaltender. They pick up uh, Magnus Helberg off waivers from the Seattle Kraken. So now it's Helberg and Antoine Forsberg, who are the goaltending tandem uh, for the Ottawa Senators. Helberg uh, actually played the end of last year with the Detroit Red Wings. He's uh, 31 years old, uh, signed on to the Seattle Kraken. He's six foot six. Uh, there's some potential there. He's played most of his career in the KHL. Uh, he will uh, tend the twine and hold the fort as Cam Talbot gets healthy. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the Ottawa Senators, um, you know, you and I have slightly differing opinions on where we think their ceiling is this year. But regardless of playoffs, this is a team that's expected to be better than they were last year. So not having your number one goaltender to start the year, probably not ideal. But you know, Anton Forsberg has, has kind of shown that he is is ready to... I would say take a step here, or the expectation is that he can take a step. So I'll be curious to see where the Ottawa Senators are first couple of weeks into the season based on their goaltending because that's going to be the big question for me when it comes to Ottawa. Are they going to get enough saves? I think they'll be fine up front. I think their goal scoring is going to be where it needs to defensively in net. Are they going to be able to stop enough pucks collectively? To win hockey games, that's the question. Uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, admitted that he was surprised to be let go by the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. If he's looking over at what's going on with the Bruins right now, he may be saying, "Oh, that that wasn't uh, a bad uh, turn of fortune mm-hmm. uh, for him because uh, the Bruins already have." Matt Grizzlick is not going to play uh, at the start of the season. Charlie McAvoy is not going to be available to start the season. Brad Marchand's not going to be available to start the season. Now Taylor Hall is not expected to be. In the lineup mm-hmm. on opening night, uh, he has that. In, now it's long, long term, but it's another veteran player who's not going to be able to go. And uh, they may have a, a, a whole line of uh, players from the Czech Republic, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And um, Jim Montgomery is saying uh, they all know each other. They all come from similar backgrounds. They're familiar. They've uh, uh, skated together on, on national teams. So uh, why not Pasternak and uh, and and Krejci? Uh, going out there and, and suiting up on that uh, on that line and making it uh, an all-Czech Republic line with Pavel Zaka, mm-hmm. who's been added in in the absence of Taylor Hall. But that's that's bad on one side, not having Taylor Hall, but on the top of all the other injuries, uh, it's going to be a battle to begin the season for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it'll be interesting where Boston's at once they start to get healthy because you could dig yourself a real, real tough hole to get out of if you are not picking up and collecting some wins. So uh, I am not high on the Boston Bruins going into the season specifically because of the injuries. I know yeah, no, you haven't been high on them for no, the no, last three years. No, no, no. Well, yes, because eventually it's going to the, the bottom's going to fall out eventually. So eventually you'll be right. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it this, doesn't matter this, that this you've been wrong all... six times. Let me ask you that question. You keep right. making bets with me. It doesn't matter that you've lost all six of them, does it? Like, listen, here's the point that I'm trying to make. This year for the Boston Bruins seems destined to be one of those years where nothing goes right. When you talk about the players that are going yeah. to start the year injured and unavailable, then how long is it going to take them to kind of get up to speed with a new coach in tow as well? And you're you're relying on you know, David Krejci to be 
as good as he was when he retired from the NHL two years ago. I don't know that I'm buying that's going to be a thing that happens. And as good as Patrice Bergeron is, every single player that's ever played the game of hockey has diminished in terms of their skills. I don't know that this is the year for Patrice Bergeron to diminish or, or to, to regress. It, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I just don't look at the Boston Bruins and say, with all the injuries to key players that this is going to be an easy road for them. And at, at, at some point, if you dig yourself a big enough hole, you're going to find yourself on the outside looking in. There's a clear path for the Bruins to not be very good this year. Yeah, I think they've got good goaltending. Uh, but I don't know whether that's going to save them or be able to hold them in the fight at the start I mean, of the you're, year. You're starting the year without two of your best defensemen. Like, yeah, and, and a couple of big-time players yeah. up front. Uh, we have a, a PTO signee. Hmm. So professional tryout offer uh, turning into a contract. Daniel Sprong with the Seattle Kraken, who are 4-0 in the preseason. As Dave Gosher told me today, he doesn't remember one preseason record from all the teams that he's covered in the National Hockey League over the years. But I just want to mention that uh, Seattle's uh, 4-0. Uh, Sprong uh, gets a, a one-year two-way contract. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, positive for him. He had... Uh, Six goals and uh, six goals down the stretch for the Kraken last year, and was invited back on the uh, on a PTO. Hey, this is cool. The St. Louis Blues have announced that they're going to establish a Blues Hall of Fame. Mm, nice. And they're going to uh, announce the inaugural class on opening night, uh, which is October fifteenth, uh, hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets. It, it doesn't say how many people are going to be inducted mm -hmm. into the uh, initial class of the Blues Hall of Fame, but there's some pretty big names over the years. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to me how that progresses. I, I know you're, you're probably looking at, you know, the first class for the, the St. Louis Blues, but if what, I, what, what, what would be a number? If you're starting a Hall of Fame, this this franchise yeah. has been around 50-plus yeah. years. Mm -hmm. It's uh, won the Stanley Cup. It went to three Stanley Cup finals the first three years. It was part of the yeah. the second six yeah. uh, when the National Hockey League doubled in size in 1967-68. So what, what's the suitable number? You don't want to oversaturate it? Yeah. Yeah. Per year? Um, so to start, would you go six? That to me sounds like a, no a good number. No way. Six is way too many. Really? Six I think, is I think way five, too many. Five is a good number. Four or five. I'm, I'm sticking three to four. And I feel like you that want to might... establish the opening class. You've got 50 okay. years to choose from. Sure, but you're talking about every year for the rest of existence. That's a lot of names, and you can go okay. back really, really far. If you wanted to go six off the off the top, and then every year yes. from there it's three. Yes. Then that's that's different. what I'm saying. That's, that's what different. I'm saying. Yeah, 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 that's fine. If you want to make this one special, you're kicking it off. You want to like, you want to essentially induct two classes. Then that's yep. fine with me. But I don't know that I'd go beyond this year. I don't know that I'd go more than three names. I don't know that I'd do that. Brett Hull and Chris Pronger. Yeah. Do they both go in in the first class? Because um, they're going to have to push face-off back if everybody's doing speeches. <laughs> if those two go in in the same class. And I love my prongs. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brett Hull, for sure. Chris Pronger... 
Yes. Um, can Pat Maroon retire before then? No. Nope. Because I feel like Pat Maroon uh, should should absolutely He'll be, be in there, there eventually. Yeah, yeah. I know. Although he's won more cups uh, with Tampa Bay. It doesn't uh, matter. He won yeah, a cup with Barkley Plager. Well, the Plager brothers. Uh, Al McInnes. Mm -hmm. He's going to be in there at some point, if not. Uh, Brian Sutter. There's Ooh, some, the great Wayne Gretzky. We can't forget about oh! that. Boom. Or he Mark played Tempo in the outdoor door. game. Uh, the outdoor game in St. Louis. The <laughs> alumni game for, so, for the Blues. So funny. I've got a picture standing right beside him <laughs> and him in the, in the Blues uniform. I thought, I, Greatest captain in Blues history. Pretty Great. cool. Love um, it. How about this buoy? Yeah, I was I was wondering if Seattle Kraken Seattle Kraken have a yeah. uh, mascot. Yeah. They didn't want to uh, do too much in year number one, so they held the mascot back a year. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. It is. Like the... What's wrong with the mascot being out there for year number I, one? I don't know that I agree with that strategy. Yeah, I, I'm with, with you. you. I thought it was it was it was kind of strange. Like, you know, listen. Uh, when I saw Bowie, um, it immediately brought nostalgia back for me. Obviously, I, I don't know of the Fremont Troll, though I've I've seen some you know pictures of it over the last couple of days. But Fremont Troll is is the theory that somebody lives underneath the bridge right well yeah but in in seattle specifically i, yeah. I think there's a there's a bridge where someone has made like a monument of a yeah. troll underneath the bridge so um which i i if i'm understanding correctly buoy was loosely built off of yes. but buoy was also based off of the trolls the, the little dolls that we used to have as kids or at least i had as a kid growing up in the 90s where you can play with their hair and put it up and it was really fun and interesting and they made a movie about it and they sing and they you know keep everybody happy and all that um i love the idea of a troll being a mascot because it's funny i love the fact that Bowie's teeth come out which is even better because i've never who, seen that before where a mascot's who, teeth come out who doesn't love a mascot that's going to look like half the players for the organization that's great well done stuff um I don't take mascots seriously because I'm not the target audience for mascots. If I'm a kid in Seattle and I see Bowie, heck yeah, sign me up. I'm all about it. It's great. Um, I, I don't know that it's like as good as, say, Gritty, but it, it's in the ballpark for sure. It's more of a traditional mascot. Thing, I, really. Yeah, I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. No chance. It's not chance. No, no. Definitely Chance not. Rocks. Uh, we've got uh, an update on Trevor Zegras. He's day to day with an upper body injury. It's better. That's than, great news, better right? Better than week to week or longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was belted last week uh, in that game against uh, Arizona. Uh, no determination on when he's going to play again, mm. but uh, huge news uh, for uh, the Anaheim Ducks and having him be. Uh, Day to day, uh, Logan Brown did not practice Monday uh, for the St. Louis Blues. He's got an upper body injury. Just going through a couple of other notes that I've got. Uh, uh, James Neal released by his uh, professional tryout contract or professional tryout offer by the Columbus Blue Jackets. A few guys were released uh, from their PTOs. PTOs haven't been as as uh, money in the bank as they were in other years. Yeah, I mean, I think it it kind of speaks to. The, the direction of the league, right? It's a young man's league now. And, you know, I, James Neal not being able to stick in, in Columbus is, is interesting. But, you know, I, I guess it kind of gives you an idea of, of where that team is and, and maybe maybe turning a corner. But, uh, you, you know, I'm sure James Neal will be playing hockey somewhere. 
Uh, I've got uh, one on the technical side of it for for all the fans that uh, that are listening. Mm. There's something going to be launched this year by the National Hockey League, mm-hmm. and so you know the advertising on the boards. Mm-hmm. You you see it uh, behind us here at City National Arena. Yep. And that advertising, uh, when when we broadcast the game, is is seen all over all over the world. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something called dynamic uh, dashboard enhanced uh, technology. So what you see in the rink is going to be different than the audience is going to see this year. It's mm-hmm. this whole new technology, and it's all digital, and it's cool. It's it's deep. What mm-hmm. you see in the rink is going to be different than what they see all over the world. Is that to have an ability to maybe make it market-specific? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Or if it's a national broadcaster, yeah. they can do it uh, – to, to a national client, right, and then you've got the the locals uh, who are watching the game in the rink, and they can see whatever they want uh, uh, more uh, Vegas specific. Yeah, uh, no, that's that interesting. So yeah. I'm thinking, okay, we need to do this. Okay, all right. So the digitally enhanced stuff that's going to go worldwide because mm-hmm. people all know what's here. Sure, everybody knows it's yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, Chapman, he can't get to go to the grocery store in no. his baseball outfit no. without being recognized, right? Chapman? Sure. Yeah, so that's happened to you, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I know it has. Yes. You've been recognized. Yes, yes. I have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so we need to we need to really work on our, our uh, global exposure. Sure. So we have to buy one of these digitally enhanced dashers okay. and have everybody around the world know the VGK Insider Show. Cool. So I need to... You came up with the idea, yeah, so it's on I you, need, buddy. I need a couple of dollars from you. No, 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 no. And Chapman, you might have to sell the Roomba. <laughs> uh, I, I, I need a couple of dollars from you, all right? Mrs. Chapman might not be on board with that. With the Roomba being sold? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd love well, it. Well, tell her it's it's for you. It's, it's no. an investment Chapman, in your, Chapman, in your listen, future. Listen, if you invest at this very, very low price of a Roomba... When we're known globally, you can buy like 7,000 Roombas. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like already an international superstar. Don't, Chad, like don't think of it Powers. as one Roomba now. <laughs> think of it as 4,000 Roombas at least three, 30 days from now. You have to sell a couple chickens, I think. I'm What's not the best the part about your international fame that you so proudly <laughs> proclaim? The fact that I, I, I'm, a, I'm a rock star when I go to Japan. They oh, yeah? know. Yeah, like yeah. People know you in Japan? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm big in Japan. No, like, like unironically? No, like, like seriously, people know me in Japan. Where do they know you as? Um, I can't really say it. <laughs> no, not, I, what? I can. <laughs> it's not not a good word. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I agree with you on that. This is the first time we've ever agreed on something. Uh, those are your one timers. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, big weekend in Las Vegas on the gridiron. Start with UNLV with a come-from-behind victory over the University of New Mexico on Friday night. They actually spotted the Lobos 17 points in the first quarter and then outscored them 31-3 to over the remaining three quarters. They are now 4-1. and one. On the season, so hold big on, win. Hold on, hold on. Yes, are, are you basically just doing a sports update? Right no, no, now? no, no. And, and I'm I'm also going to send a, a big congratulations to Josh McDaniels getting his first victory as head coach of the 
Las Vegas Raiders. So you're doing a football a, recap. This no, is still a sports update. No, it's yeah. not an update. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy and excited that our football you, teams you, are, are both winners this weekend. You told us the score of the Rebel game and the score of the Raiders game. I didn't tell you the score of the Raiders game. I just said congratulations to Josh hey, McDaniels on getting the big W. The, Okay, catching this is the catching winner. up with Chapman, yes, not, I'm, not I'm, catching up on my football score. How does I'm, how I'm does excited? This, I'm, I'm how does happy. This impact you, Chapman? That's what we need to know. I, yeah. I, because I drove home a happy guy after I left the UNLV uh, football game on Friday night, and I drove home a happy guy from the station last night. Oh, with that the, with thing the Raiders that you, win. That, that thing that you were at when you told people not to listen to us. I was there. Yeah, I did the pregame show. Remember for the uh, UNLV did, New Mexico how, game. How did, how did that go, Chapman? It uh, went well. But uh, we had some technical Class. issues, but it went well. Other than that, it was a Murphy's Law day, buddy. I know. I oh, told you that. Our our, our poor uh, producer in the studio, Ari. <laughs> he 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 was the guy for the UNLV football game. He's usually the producer for Cofield and Company. Yeah, yeah. He had a pretty rough night on the Rebel game. It was the first one he's done all year. And uh, were you high maintenance? Talent? I am. No, I am Ooh. never. Oh, no, yeah. he, no, he would no, totally no. be high yeah. maintenance for no, sure. I I am not high maintenance talent. Oh, I, for I go with sure. The flow. I go with the flow. Well, you'd be pounding your fist, and I that is not me at all. I am not we that just, guy. We just missed. Five minutes of Chapman time. What are we doing? Wait, wait, I'm, I'm not that guy. <laughs> you, you haven't got a longer music bed, obviously. <laughs> no, you, you didn't spend any time doing that. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's all. It's usually you know. Usually when we it's come back, it's, I know. But when we've come back in the past, it's like I've only had like thirty seconds. But this, Just this for once plan. the season gets started, the the extra two minutes will, will or the two minutes. That I have set will will be fine because we'll be spending a lot more time talking about games and stuff that's really important and things like that. So that's why the music bait isn't so long. Are you a different person when you're talent as opposed to being uh, uh, the operator? No, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm yeah. I am I am Chapman through and through. There's I'm I'm with Ryan. I think there's a, an air of I don't. I don't get the sense that it's like obnoxious. No, but, I do but think there's, that a, there's difference. a difference. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. like, like, the, 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 there's really not much difference because I care how you guys sound and I care how how I sound. So, it, it they're both equally important to me. Whether I'm on this side of the board or I'm on the other side of the proverbial glass, I'm I'm always the same guy. You know what Ryan and I did today? Mm. Watch we practice. Did the proper catching up with Chapman. Mm-hmm. You did a football update. <laughs> no, that's not the case. That was I, to- that I was can, exactly what you did. I, I can be stoked that my alma mater is four and one in college football. First time since two thousand three, by the way, that UNLV is four and one on the season, and, and mm-hmm. I'm stoked that. What Josh is this Mc- right now? This is the continuation of a football update. No, it's not a football update. And, I, and I'm very, very happy and excited that Josh McDaniels beat the Denver Broncos yesterday. Five straight wins for the Raiders over the Broncos, by the way. And my Jets won yesterday, <laughs> the too. The football so. update continues. Yes, yeah, so the Jets to, with a come from For more, victory. go to NFL.com. <laughs> Mike. I got nothing. By, I, by the way, a lot, lot of good names for the St. Louis Doug Blues usually comes fame, in so. and does the sports updates. I didn't know that, that we were working this in. No, no. With you. Uh, preseason game tonight. <laughs> Carolina is beating Columbus 6-1. Mm-hmm. They're out shooting them 38-12. to Pretty good. That's a preseason game. Right now, Columbus is saying, we're glad this isn't the real thing. Yep. Johnny and company. Uh, tomorrow, we're back at it at T-Mobile Arena. 
Final week of the preseason. Uh, we will catch you at T-Mobile for the final home game for the Vegas Golden Knights, hooking up with Arizona. Can't wait to chat with you from Section 104.